five good ways to find rent-to-rent deals. Whether you're at the beginning of your property journey, looking to enter the market, or a seasoned professional seeking new strategies and insights, this podcast is your one-stop resource for all things property investment. Welcome to the Property Investors Network podcast. Let's embark on this exciting journey together and make your property investment dreams a reality. Now, whether you're looking for the service accommodation route or you're looking for the HMO route, a lot of what I'm going to cover here and just talk about will help you in both of those areas. And if you have any questions whilst uh, I'm going through some of this, then do feel free to put it in the comments. But a lot of what we're going to talk about here, you're going to say, well, that's just common sense, Mark. Yes, of course it is. But are you doing it? And a lot of what we're going to talk about here will also help you looking for general property deals as well. So myself, obviously, I've built a rent to rent portfolio up uh, using the HMO strategy, but now I do serviced accommodation as well. And of course, I am always out there looking to buy my own properties and building up my own portfolio. And I work with developers as well, of course. So we're always looking for deals and we're always getting out there. Now, there's some fantastic tools that you can use when looking for property deals. Of course, Property Filter is one of those tools. It's not generally set up to help you find rent-to-rent deals, but there is a good option on there which will help you find potentially purchase-lease option deals. And of course, a purchase-lease option is very much like a rent-to-rent, but you get the added bonus of being able to buy the property at a set time. So we're not going to go so deep into all of the different strategies. I'm just going to cover with you some of the techniques that I used that are potentially free to find good property deals. Now, the obvious ones will be the online portals, of course, where you're looking at your right moves, your Zooplas and things like that, and and data scraping those portals. But I'm going to cover some of the other methods that I've just had a bit of success with over the last few years uh, to share with you and to, to, you know, to open your thinking to what you can achieve and what you can put out there. And as I say, if you have any questions as we're going, feel free to put it in the comments below and I'll help you any which way that I can. So at number one, it's all about networking. OK, getting yourself out there and meeting people. So I recommend that you get yourself out there to property meetings and networking events. Of course, PIN has a fantastic one with over 50 meetings up and down and across the country. But you're here now, so you probably already know that. But do feel free to check out other property meetings as well. Get to meet landlords, get to meet investors. Potentially, there could be people looking to sell properties. And another caveat to that is if you have business meetings, so local companies that meet up and do networking events as well, get yourself there because you may be the only property investor in the room. And that means that you may be able to access funds, potentially JV funds. But equally to that, a lot of business owners have property, control property, because it's a great asset for building wealth. And you don't know if they need any help with their properties as well. So potentially they could be looking to invest from funds that they have or uh, money that they have in their businesses, or they could be looking for somebody to help them with their property problems. And of course, 
as property problem solvers. That is what we want to be there for. So I used to go to a regular HSBC networking event. Not only was it free, but they also supplied you breakfast, Brucey bonus. But there's a lot of wealthy people in the room that deal with different scenarios. So they deal with wealth creation and they have portfolios. They have problems. Now, a lot of those were single lets. But there was a few people looking to sell their properties, potentially struggling with the management agent of their properties. And you can start to connect with these people, build up the know, like and trust. And that can really help you push yourself forward in whatever it is or whatever strategy you're trying to do. But potentially, again, with rent to rent as well, because if somebody has single let properties and they're struggling to uh, to let those or they've got a poor management agent letting those or even they've got a mortgage which is going to be due for renewal. And of course, with the interest rates going up, the deal doesn't stack as well. Then potentially, if you wanted to go in there and maybe offer to manage it, maybe you could turn it into a service accommodation with their permission uh, and obviously make it a win-win for everybody. Then there's solutions that you can put out there to help people in that situation. So networking events are brilliant. Property and just business networking events as well. And don't get me wrong, some events you'll go to, and maybe there isn't anybody with property there, but at least you're in the room, you can hand out your business cards, you can get to know people, you can start to build up being the property professional in your area. If you're deal sourcing, this is brilliant because a lot of people with a lot of money may be thinking about getting into property, but they don't have time. So of course you can go there, hand your business cards out, and then try and speak to these people uh, after the event, see what they're really after, see what they're looking for. And if you can hit their criteria, then you can help them and make it a win-win. So networking events is the first one. The second one, of course, is the online portal. So, you know, people who are in this uh, great community, probably a bit like me, like to have a little look through Rightmove and Zoopla and look at the properties and think, oh, what can I do with this property? What can I do with that property? I'd love to take those on. So, of course, data scraping those is great. I always say, and, and Simon Zucci himself on his YouTube channel has a fantastic video out at the moment that shows you, uh, you know, right move, shows you Zoopla, the best ways to find properties and things. So I'm not going to go into all the details on that. You can watch that video and it'll, it'll show you, you know, how to data scrape to find potentially motivated sellers, which is what we always say here. But when it comes to rent and rent and things, again, if you're looking for HMOs, don't be afraid to look at properties that are potentially for sale already. Um, because they've got a problem. Somebody wants to sell. Now, if they need the money, it's not going to be a deal. And remember, it is a numbers game. So it is about just putting yourself out there, uh, speaking to the agents, speaking to potentially, you know, the, the landlords or the homeowners and just building up again that know, like and trust to see if there's an opportunity to be had. Now, of course, if you go for companies like Purple Bricks and Strike and there's probably more out there, those are the main ones in my area. I know for a fact pretty much that if I book a viewing there, the homeowner or the landlord is normally going to be the people that are showing me around. And that's great to be able to get in there, to be able to chat to them, to be able to find out more about the properties as well. And again, like I say, you might do this once, twice, you might even do it three times and get nowhere and think to yourself, yeah, it doesn't work. That's what the amateurs do. We keep going because this does work. The more people you speak to, the more properties you see, the more times you get in front of people, the more opportunities are out there to help you get the property deals that you desire. 
So make sure that you're data scraping the portals. Obviously, as I say, there's some great tools out there as well that you can use for this. Property Filter is just one of those. Um, but I like to check out Spare Room, obviously Rightmove, Zoopla, On the Market, Open Rent. I'm always looking for opportunities to see product that has been sat on the market for a while, product that has potentially either been rented or has been for sale and then come back on the market because these people are genuinely more motivated than anybody else. And those are the people that we want to be putting ourselves in front of and speaking to. Now, when you're looking to do rent to rent, obviously, Rightmove may have HMOs in your area. You normally get more studenty sort of HMOs on those places. Obviously, spare room's good. What I will say to you is try not to have too much of a conversation with anybody on the online portals, okay? I go through this in a lot of depth with my students as well because it's very easy to get your account suspended um, if they think that you're a letting agent or an estate agent trying to uh, trying to peddle, so to speak, your business. So it's very important to just try and get people, connect with them offline, but uh, just have that, for, you know, that first sort of touch, touch point, get them off, speak to them on the phone and see what it's all about. So number three is direct marketing. Marketing letters, love them or hate them, they work. They will cost you money though. And I think that's why a lot of people are put off by marketing letters because it does have a level of um, investment that you have to put into it. Now, what I will say to that and the caveat to that is it's money well spent because whilst it can work for you in the background, it's not massively time consuming to keep putting yourself in front of people. Now, of course, if you're going for HMOs, the HMO register from your local council that you can get from those, you can obviously market out to people. And people are always afraid and saying, well, that's against GDP uh, and you know, all the rules there and you shouldn't be doing that. Listen, People are trying to rent a property, okay? Those are the people that we're marketing to. And I always say marketing. We're not really marketing to them because what we're actually doing is we're reaching out to them to see if we can rent their property from them. If we're doing rent to rent or we're looking at doing a potentially a deal, we're looking to solve a problem of theirs. So we're not just pushing ourselves forward to say, you know, buy our stuff, buy our stuff. If anything, we're looking to buy from them. And that is what they're doing anyway by marketing their properties and we're seeing if they've got a problem and they need us to help find a solution for that problem so don't look at it as per se marketing because some people look at marketing as as a bit sleazy i don't want to be pushy you're not you're basically going out there and you're asking somebody if they have a problem you have this property it's a lovely property i can see it's doing really well have you got any issues that potentially we can help you with and if they say no then you move on to the next one. You put them in a follow-up folder, potentially, if they, if they want to be followed up on, uh, and you move on to the next one. And then you ask the next person, have you got a problem? And that's what your marketing really wants to be. It doesn't want to be about you at all, okay? Maybe a little bit at the end. If, if you're lucky, it wants to be about them. Uh, I say this all the time. Nobody cares about me. Nobody cares about you. People only care about how you can help them, how you can solve their problem, how you can give them a solution. So for me, it's very, very important to make sure that, you know, my marketing is to the point. Are you having these problems? We can solve these problems. Are you having this? Have you had this? Have you had that? We solve this. We do that. We will take the pain away and the hassle away. And that is where it will entice people because some people won't need your help. They'll have a property. They may even be self-managing it, and they may be doing brilliantly. Those are the guys and girls that will look at that and say, oh, I'm not bothered. Don't need it. We're looking for the people that read it and think, do you know what? They're talking to me. I have that problem, and I have that one. I'm definitely going to contact this company. 
because they're speaking my language, okay? And I'm going to give you a little tip on that in a minute as well. But they're speaking my language, and that's what will make people call you. And when you say, oh, I've sent out letters and it's not worked, or I've sent out flyers. Flyers are great, not even in an envelope, so it's straight in people's faces, although they're probably quicker to throw those away. Now, some people say to me, I need colored envelopes. I need to handwrite all the envelopes as well. Listen, each to their own. There's no right or wrong answer to that. But I like to always say this to somebody. When you have received a letter with your name on, that you didn't know what was in there, have you ever not opened it? Curiosity says to me that you have opened it. So don't think you have to, it has to be personally written, it has to be in a colored envelope. Uh, it can do, and that's nice to be a bit different, but I was always worried that, you know, potentially if it was in a yellow or red or a nice colored envelope, somebody might think it's a card or, or a birthday card or some sort of, you know, it's not my birthday, what's this? And then they open it to get my letter and I'm like, it's one of those. Whereas if it's just a standard envelope, if it's just a standard letter, you're going to open it. You're going to have a look. And like I say, it's about hitting those touch points. And a lot of people will keep your marketing, whether they call you or not, and potentially call you. I've had people call me 12 months, six months after they've received my letters. I remember in 2019, I, had, I was doing marketing campaigns all the way up to COVID. And then we, I stopped at COVID because, well, we all stopped. Uh, and then 2021, I got a phone call from like my last batch of letters. Somebody held on to the letter. They didn't have a problem then. Well, we all had a problem then. Let's be right. But then uh, I spoke to them. And at the time, I couldn't help them. They, their properties were too run down. And I only take on properties that I don't have to pay deposits on. And I don't have to put refurbs. I don't have to put massive amounts of money into the refurbs. And those are the properties that I look for. And these properties that I looked at, they weren't in a very good position. He wanted me to invest money into them. And, and that's just crazy for rent to rent because it's his property. It's not my property. Uh, but I did say to him, I love the properties. I said, if you put this level of investment into the properties, I would, more in, I would be more than happy to take these on. And I will maintain them to the level that you give them to me. You give them to me. You know, they're here now. You give them to me here. I'll maintain them over, you know, three to five years, which is how we do our agreements. Um, and... Funnily enough, six months later, the first one he had done, he said, I'm doing the other two as well. Would you like to come and have a look and see what we've done? And we did a deal. So he knew that he had to put money into them. He just wanted to see if he could get somebody else to do it. I don't do that sort of thing. It's not my property. Now, I have done purchase lease options, and I don't. I, I will put money into those, sorry, because I intend to buy those, and I intend to bring those into my own portfolio. So it's very different on how you do things. But if you're doing rent to rent, you're normally doing it for cash flow. Some people have to have a level of investment. Now, that's on HMOs. Of course, service accommodation, if you're getting an empty property, you probably are going to have to furnish it. You can look to do a deal potentially with the, uh, with the uh, landlords if you can offer them a bit more money than, so to speak, the going rent because you're going to do SA on it, so short-term rentals or service accommodation. Then you can look to do a JV, say 50-50, or even just see if they'll do it. And if they won't, then go 50-50. So you need a bit more money when you're doing service accommodation to set the properties up, uh, to dress them nice and things like that. But most HMOs, or particularly the ones that I go for, are already got the furniture, are already licensed and set up HMOs. Um, and that can be done through your direct marketing. Now, on a caveat to that, with your direct marketing or your business cards, flyers, leaflets, don't scrimp. You know what I mean? Business cards. Make sure your business cards are nice. Have a picture, a professional picture of yourself on your business card so that people instantly recognize you. Now, you can go and find uh, you know, a property photographer and just say how much to take five snaps of me in, in a nice shirt or in a nice blouse, uh, depending on what your taste is. 
you know, have a blank background, a white wall or something like that, and just get somebody to take some, don't do selfies and things, make it look professional. You want people, when they look at your business cards, when they look at your branding, to look at it and think, do you know what? Oof, I like that. Now, have you ever been to a networking event and somebody's handed you a business card, maybe even just to look at, and you're like, that's premium. That feels like, you know, that feels like carpet, so to speak. It's thick. It's really, really nice. It's a business card. And I have. I've held a business card before and I wasn't even interested in the service, but the business card just felt so nice. I didn't want to give it back. And I said, can I have you? Can I have that? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you want. Your business cards, your, your sort of whatever you're putting out there for landlords, for agents, for investors to be like, you want people to pick your stuff up and go, do you know what? That's really nice. Can I take one of those? You're onto a winner every time then. Whether they want your services or not, it doesn't matter. All of a sudden, you've given that perception that you are high end, that you are, you know, you're an investor, you're serious, you're not just got a business card that's been printed out, out on a printer or, or thin paper and floppy and it's just like, man, that can go in a bin. It's one of those, even if they want to keep it for a bookmark, you know what I mean? Uh, it's great. And I, that's what I did with the card that I got. But it's a bookmark. I still see it all the time and maybe I will call them one day. You want to put yourself into that position. And the same if you do any brochures, flyers, brochures or anything like that. Keep it simple. Keep it to the point of helping them with their solutions, uh, pointing out their problems, showing them solutions and then maybe have a little bit about you at the end. Go for thick paper again like that. And you don't have to have a thousand cards. Just order 200 or 100 to start with, but pay that bit more premium. We all know that when you know the companies are very smart, we'll order 100, 200 cards, business cards. And then all of a sudden, when we get to the checkout, it's like, well, have, have another 200 for half price. I used to be gullible to that every time. Way happy days. Yeah, 700 business cards. And then they come and you're like, nah, they're a little bit disappointing. What I do now is I go back and I think to myself, if I was going to spend another, you know, 100 pounds or 60 pounds or whatever on these cards, I'm not going to buy another 200 of these. I'm going to put that money back into what I'm actually ordering and get the best and the premium ones I can. OK, so make sure you do that. Order a handful to, to begin with. It might cost you a little bit more. Just make sure it's right and it's premium before you get out there. But make sure that you, you are marketing out to people, that you're not being cheap on your marketing. It doesn't have to cost you the world, but just make sure you're doing to the standard. So marketing out to the HMO register for HMOs is great. And, of course, if you're doing service accommodation or anything, you could send flyers to certain streets, to certain areas, to certain addresses as well. People say, well, how do you get the landlord's addresses? Well, that is hitting hope at the end of the day. So you may not know whether it's a rental property or not. But you could still flyer it out there. You never know. Potentially, somebody might be looking to move out, might be looking to sell, might be looking to, um, you know, move into rented accommodation. But they're quite happy to try and keep theirs. So you, you just don't know. The opportunities are always there, which is what I'm saying. So that, that's another one that you can look at, that you can have a little go with. At number four, of course, agents. It's talking to letting agents if you're looking for um, rent to rent deals. And it's talking to estate agents. And a lot of people miss that. Um, I know for me, I did. I was just talking to letting agents, seeing if I could take on HMO properties or potentially single lets and stuff. But you can actually get some great deals by talking to estate agents as well, because if the property's for sale, whether it's an HMO, whether it's a single let, you can, of course, just see what the problem is. Why are they selling? Because maybe they're fed up. Maybe they need the money. Uh, but if they're fed up, maybe if I've got a solution for them, uh, and we can offer them a guaranteed rent. And we can take the property on and we can do this and look after it for them. Would they be interested? Would they potentially be taking it off? Now, you've got to speak to the agents. And I always say look at the agents' fees as well, because we want to make sure that the agents get what they need out of it. 
Okay, so if it is on with an estate agent, that could be quite a high fee if it's taken off the market for you to continue to, to use it and, and do rent to rent with it. And the agents aren't going to like that. So they're not going to be very um, persuasive, for want of a better word, to help you do the deal. But now if you say to them, listen, at the end of the day, you could wait six months for this. It could still fall through. They could still use another agent. Your fees are this, but I'll pay you, I don't know, half the fee or something like that uh, if I do the deal. Are you interested in that? Now, sometimes it might even stack to be able to pay them the full fee because there may be lots of profit in it. So you have to weigh it up on a case by case basis. But you want to be talking to agents. You want to be talking to um, estate agents as well. And when you go to letting agents, don't go in there and think that you're going to speak to them straight away and they're going to love you and call you back. It's going to build up that no like and trust. So it's going to take a while to get things to work out for you. It's going to take a while to build up. Uh, that momentum with them. Now, sometimes you might get lucky. So we make our own luck by putting ourselves out there. But at other times, you're going to have to make sure that you're, uh, you're putting the work in, that you're getting to meet these people and just go on their website beforehand and see what properties they've got there. Uh, and if you see a good property that you think suits you, just go in and start talking to them about it because they're there to sell properties. They're there to let properties. That's their job. Go in there, make sure that they feel perfectly comfortable, whether you do or not is a different matter, but make sure that they feel perfectly comfortable and they'll be more open to you. They'll like you more because you're, you're paying an interest. You're listening to them. You're not going in there saying, listen, we can do this. We can do that. How many properties have you got? Let's let's see what you've got. Go in there and start working with people. After all, property is a people's business. So at number five, it's really about getting on the free ads. If you've got free ads in your area, my the free ads in my area, gum, gum trees and things like that, there aren't really a lot of properties on. But I do know in different areas across the country, some of the free ads are really, really busy and you can pick up some great deals there. Of course, groups online, so Facebook groups, uh, LinkedIn groups, make sure you're in those, you know, where the landlords are and stuff. And if somebody's saying, oh, I've got this problem tenant or I've got this issue with my properties and things, if they're in your area, you could always reach out to them. You can always say, you know, we, we take care of that sort of thing. Would that be of interest to you? You're going to get more no's than you're going to get yeses. But I tell you for a fact right here, right now, if you take action on these five points, you will be doing probably 90% more than everybody else out there looking for deals. And of course, that was what I did when I got out there. When I started in my property business was I just took action and I put myself out there as much as possible. You've got to be willing to do more than the next person. You've got to show up and you've got to follow up. And those are the main things there. But you can go into groups. You can you know, chat to people. Don't try and sell to everybody straight out the gate. Get to know people. If somebody's got a problem, see if you can solve it. See if you can come up with a little solution for them. Even if they don't do business with you, it's good karma. And what goes around comes around in life. So make sure that you're putting yourself out there. You're putting yourself into these groups. You're becoming the property professional that you want to be in the industry that you want to succeed in. And that can be any industry at the end of the day when it comes to property. What I like to say is try and stay on one path. Don't deviate too much. So if you're doing rent to rent, don't deviate and start doing commercial conversions and things like that because it's too much. You can you can go to there eventually. Nail one or two strategies. So if you're doing rent to rent, you could potentially do HMOs and service accommodation. You're still pretty much on the same road, the same path, and you're bringing in that cash flow. And of course, purchase lease options does that as well. Once you've nailed that, 
once you've systemized that, which is what I've done, which is what I show people how to do now, then you can move off and go and do the developments, go and have the fun. But if you haven't got the funds to do that straight away and you're worried about this and you just want to get out of the nine to five to get into property full time, then rent to rent whether it's service accommodation or HMOs, is a fantastic strategy to start with. So once again, I hope this live's helped you and pointed you in the right direction with a few things or even just made you think about a couple of things that maybe you hadn't already thought about. On that note, I shall leave you to have a fantastic day, have a fantastic weekend, and I probably will if you come and join me. You all take care and bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Property Investors Network podcast. Remember, investing in property is not just about numbers and profits, but also about building communities and creating a lasting impact. You can do this by checking out our website at pinfurtherlearning.co.uk. And of course, look to book onto your local Property Investors Networking event. We are here to help and support you every step of the way, and I look forward to you joining me very soon. Bye for now.